ladies, and welcome back to Nerd Radio, your national nerd net radio direct. I am your host, Nick. And with him, as always, is Nate. I decided to introduce myself because you didn't feel like it. What's up? Yeah. Did you miss me? I guess not, jerk. Yeah, yeah, I missed you so much I didn't do an episode. Sorry so much for anybody, you know, who out there who missed us last week. Uh, a little bit of a hiccup, but we are back, and that is what is important. You can make sure to go and follow us at TX3 Productions. If you're into video games and you can go check out our new podcast, Noob. Which it's sort of new in the sense of it's got a new name, but it's also old because we uh, we were doing Hubcast for the Apex Legends Hubcast. So kind of took its place, and yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's nice to yeah. have a full outlet by itself to talk about the games we love to play instead of having to kind of cut it up. Yeah, definitely. Sure. For sure. And I mean, I'm liking this because then it gives us a chance to talk about just the movie side of stuff. And it seemed like we didn't focus enough on that. So speaking of focusing on that, let's start with this weekend at the box office. All right. So this is week Three of the year of our Lord, 2020. <laughs> Lord 2020. <laughs> um, man. Whoo. This is, uh, That's, <laughs> there's some, there's some doozies on here. Let's start with number one, which I'm actually kind of surprised based on some of the reception I've been hearing. But, uh, number one is bad boys for life. Even though it's the third one, <laughs> yeah, it's it's got a total of sixty two point five million, um, and it's in over thirty seven hundred uh, movie theaters, which is sad. I'll I'll say why in a little bit. Um, so, anyways, uh, sixty two. I mean, I don't know what the budget was on the this. The budget was ninety thousand. Or sorry, not ninety thousand. <laughs> the budget was ninety million. But it, it made Ugh. that worldwide. Worldwide, it's at 111. Oh, does this not have worldwide numbers? I gotta find no, the site that has worldwide if click, numbers. If you click on it, it'll pop up with it. Oh, really? You click on what? On the link oh, where it says Bad Boys for Life, you click on the title. I'm not gonna click on that. That brings me to a whole other screen. Okay, well, I'll Anyways, give you that. Um, so, yes. Num- yeah, go ahead. What's the worldwide then? The worldwide is 111 million. That's almost see that's still bad though. Like if you're not doubling your your budget essentially, then it's almost certainly a flop. Well, I don't think it will be critically. I don't think it will be because critically, everyone's like, "Hey, this movie is actually good." Like it's it's not really that is not what I've heard. I've heard it's like, "Hey, this is this was actually good," but I I don't think it'll flop. I think it just is not going to break it. I think throughout its its life life cycle in the theaters, Mm -hmm, I think it's going to make it. Yeah, if anything, I think this is just for the fans. So if you liked them, then you'll like this one. If you didn't like them, then you might not like it. So, like, for me, it's like, I think I'll like it because I was a fan. But just from what I've heard is, you know, it's not a super huge, terrific deal. Mm. Uh, Number two, 1917. I still cannot wait to go see this. I'm going to go see this at some point this week, and I'm in the same exact boat. Oh, I'm so jealous. Like, I'm I'm definitely in in a point where it's like I... 
I, I could go see it, but then we needed uh, like a babysitter or whatever. So it's like, ah, come on. I just, I want to see it so bad. Um, but so far the gross this week was 21 million. Um, it went down from the number one spot, uh, which doesn't super surprise me since this is kind of a war movie. Um, it's a more arts arty movie because, you know, it's made to look like it's in one shot. Um, but then the total is 76 million or 76.6 million. So that's pretty good. I mean, it, God, it just looks so God, gosh, darn gorgeous. Like I, yeah. I can, uh, yeah. And this one, it's, it's close to doubling right now. It's like 144 million worldwide. Nice, um, nice, domestically, nice, nice. it's still only at 81 million, but the budget mm-hmm. for it was 90. So domestically, oh, gotcha. it hasn't made it up yet, but I can not. I mean, do you, for something like this, do you think they expect to no. make double? Like no. something Bad Boys for Life, that's like a big, like, uh, if we could compare it to video games, that's like a big AAA game. Whereas I would say 1917, even though it was shot in such a way, I would say that that's more of a double A game. Yeah, that's a good analogy yeah speaking of triple a but getting only a <laughs> do little wow more like a holy d crap. for do little oh. uh, yeah man this I, oh man i not only have heard terrible things about the movie itself like it being like a three to a lot of people mm, and right. not only that it is drowning right now Drowning. This movie's budget was $175 million, which, mm-hmm. why the hell that needs to be the case? Oh, no, I know why. Probably $100 million of that went Robert to Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> I almost guarantee it. Um, but domestically, it's only right now at, like, at least as far as this week, 21. Yeah. Worldwide, and it's only so at the- $57 million. Ooh. Ooh. So anyways, um, the reason I was going to bring this up particularly is that if you look at the theaters that it's in, Bad Boys for Life, which made 62,000, or we keep doing that, $62.5 million was only in 3,700 um, theaters. Doolittle with only 21 million, so a third of that essentially was in 4,100 theaters. So it was in 600 more? No, no it was in 400 more. Yeah. It was in 400 more theaters, but yet made a third of what it made, of what Bad Boys for Life made. And those are both their first week in the box office. That really, really is not a good sign for Doolittle. And it doesn't help with, like you said, all the reviews. I have not heard a single good review. I haven't even heard a lukewarm review. Almost every single one of them has completely panned the movie. And honestly, I really feel like this was way too um, reliant on Robert Downey Jr.'s um, charisma. You know, yeah, because, I mean, it shows it right here that they were expecting for it to make a lot, and then it just yeah, the reviews that I've seen in between critics and just general viewers, even those are stark in comparison. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean, I cannot believe. I mean, first off, I would like to say that <laughs> like I one hundred percent saw this coming. That did not look like a good movie. And the first trailer I saw, there was absolutely not a ounce of me that was like that looks interesting i'm gonna go check it out because i like robert danny jr 
if anything, that the immediate reaction to me seeing that was like, oh, what did they rope Robert Downey Jr. into? The first trailer that didn't show very much of the movie itself, I thought was interesting. The one that set the tone, I was like, eh. okay. I mean, that's interesting. Like, it, it came out of disagree. nowhere. I was like, cool. And then <laughs> the other trailer and then all that. I heard the actual ending of the movie, and I, I cannot. Okay, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We'll put a timestamp in here. Tell me the ending. Um, so I'm going to try to remember where I watched the clip from because I, I had seen someone talk about it. From what I remember, Robert Downey Jr. meets a dragon, and the dragon talks to him. Oh, yeah, They're I remember seeing that in the trailer, which is, like, why would you reveal that in the trailer? Anyways, go on. And the, this is apparently the end of the movie that the dragon is in pain of some kind and then discovers that it's having digestive problems. So Robert Downey Jr. goes to its rectum, starts to pull out thing, like, clear out the blockage, basically, pulls out a bag, pulls out a thing of wing uh, bagpipes, out of this dragon's rectum and John Cena makes some really the who's the polar bear makes some really crappy <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like, like anyways <laughs> like line um, I don't remember exactly what he said it was like something like oh that seems like a like a windful good time or it's something along those lines right, and okay. that's like toward, that's basically the end of the movie and I'm like oh, no please no that's just mm. That mm. that hearing that makes these, these numbers make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, obviously, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's let's move on. Yeah, I'm uh, done. number four, Jumanji: The Next Level, uh, down from number three, uh, a weekend box office of nine point seven million, bringing it to a total of two hundred and seventy million, uh, which isn't horrible. Um, I don't feel like this one had a huge budget because, I mean... No, well, I mean, this one's definitely a financial success. Its yeah. its budget was $125 million, There you and go. Worldwide, it's at $712 Mr. million. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. So, yeah, it's it might hit close to a billion, maybe. I don't think mm-hmm. so. Maybe like so. $800 million, but... Yeah. Speaking of might hit half a million, or no, this might hit a billion worldwide, I guess, but it's almost half a million uh, here domestically. So number five, down from number two, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Now, we talked a little, about a, bit, a little bit about it last week. Um, the more videos that I watch, the more I'm like, you know what? That's a really good point. This was a pretty bad movie. Um, I still, I still, I still think that because of episode nine is part of the reason why this one's so bad, because whether it be, um, you know, producers interfering or something, they felt like they quote had to fix it, you know, because there's a couple of, a couple of videos out there that's like, I wanted to see where this thread went, um, or this thread. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good point, you know, because like one in particular that I'll talk really quickly about quickly. I said that really weird. Uh, one that I wanted to that I can admit I would have liked to see where they went with it was the Kylo Ren um, aspect, because in all of the Star Wars, there was a central antagonist, which was like Palpatine and then a 
sub antagonist or you know a side antagonist and so um, one was Palpatine one was Darth Vader one was Palpatine one was Darth Maul or Count Dooku you know what I mean there was always a sub antagonist um, but by Kylo Ren killing the central antagonist he essentially became the central antagonist therefore making it so that there was no possible way that he could redeem himself but then in episode 9 he does redeem himself which some could argue that it makes it more meaningful that he redeemed himself but you know there's a couple of people who made a really good point about like well you know it would have been interesting to see you know basically by killing the the emperor but still choosing to be evil that means he had nobody to blame for his actions instead he he's making the decision to be evil rather than being evil because a voice told him to or something and i'm like that would have been an interesting storyline to go along but point being is that after all all these like really good thought out, there's some of them out there that are just like like the people who focus way too much on how there was a granddaughter of Palpatine. It's like, guys, stop focusing. Like if you're going to make an argument about episode nine, make a thoughtful argument. And the people who do that and stop focusing on the really, really dumb stuff, like light speed skipping. It's like, just get over it. It was a fun scene. Why are you going into the minutia? You know what I mean? Yeah. And same thing with the Palpatine having a granddaughter. Stop getting into the minute details about like, well, who would want to have sex with? It's like, oh my God, why? Yeah, why, yeah, why is yeah, that something? I, anyways, I, I, anyways, anyways. My point being is that the people who actually made like meaningful arguments or meaningful, you know, um, opinions, I'm like, you know what? That's a really good point, and I could see where you're coming from. Versus the people who are all like, I don't understand light skipping. It's like, just get over it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, especially that's my biggest issue that I have now is how they treated Kylo. Because the Ben, the Ben Solo redemption, I wanted. I like it was one of those i was fine if it didn't happen but once it did i was like okay i like this but we didn't get enough of it that yeah. scene where he comes to save ray is awesome like his man like how hero. <laughs> and that's and that's props to adam Dri yeah that was great that's props to adam driver too because you can tell the difference between the two characters mm. you know when yeah, he's kylo when he's yeah. been his mannerisms he it's one of those that you could tell he was the son of leia and han you know i mean yeah. it's 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 but yeah that's something that i think we're going to do at some point because i would like to do a full uh, star wars conversation about that because that yeah. that's, there's a lot to unpack especially um the this many weeks away but interesting to see yeah. it keep dropping instead of maintaining so that's my point going back to the the box office is that it's on the decline instead of kind of staying up there yeah yeah, which I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, the people who really wanted to see it, they were going to see it week one, maybe week two. It's been out for five weeks. It made eight point two million this week for a total of forty one or forty one uh, four ninety one point nine million. Um, what's the uh, overall? What's the global? The global is a billion. It's uh, yeah, it it's is a billion. A billion. Yeah. One billion dollars. dollars. Uh, but yeah, if uh, number six, uh, sorry, were you going to uh, say? Something? I was just going to say my point to that was if I'm looking at it as Disney, I have two movies that came out in the same year: Endgame and Episode Nine. Endgame was on True. the chart, high on the chart, maintaining for a while. Star Wars after four weeks is on the decline. All right, six weeks. True. Yeah. No, five weeks. Yeah. yeah. Good point. 
By the way, a billion's yeah, a, a billion, billion so, so I mean, money they talks. Money. <laughs> um, all right, so number six, Little Women, uh, which is funny. That's exactly what it was last week. So you know, at least it's still kind of staying. I've heard good steady. things. Uh, six point three million with the total of eighty four point eight million. Um, I think I said it last week. The fact that I really don't feel like this was made with a huge budget—that's probably really good. It was not. So, uh, number one, it was not. It was made not with what? a huge budget. Forty million. Okay, so forty million. Ah, so yeah. So then, yeah, eighty-four. It's already doubled it. So yeah, that's really good. Uh, seven down from number five. Uh, Just Mercy. Uh, this one is the guy from Creed. And he's like a lawyer, and he's helping out. Um, Jamie Fox. What's his name? Jamie Fox's character. Yeah. So that looks interesting. Uh, Five point seven million with a total of nineteen point three million. Uh, number eight down from number nine. Knives Out, which you finally went and seen. We'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. little bit. Forty four or God, I keep doing this. Four point two million dollars with a total of one forty five point nine million dollars. Uh, number nine. Like a boss, um, which I also have not heard that many good things about. Uh, Four million dollars with a total of seventeen point one million. Um, Frozen just eking in at number ten, down from eight, three point eight, with a total of four hundred and sixty-four point nine million, which means it's just barely below. <laughs> Star Frozen Wars. Frozen 2 worldwide has made $1.4 billion. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the weekend box office. Any, like, standouts for you? Other than, I mean, Doolittle, I think that's a probably good Doolittle, standout. Doolittle is for sure a standout. Um, obviously. It's doing very little. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, Jumanji coming above. Episode 9 and Jumanji's been on yeah. at least a week longer is telling. But mm-hmm. I'm happy to see 1917 being second on the list because yes. this, I feel like, is going to be a life-changing experience when I walk out of this movie from what everyone's been saying. Mm-hmm. So you are going to see it IMAX, right? Unfortunately, no. They are not play- they're oh, not playing it. They're, you know what they're playing in IMAX? Bad Boys for Life. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. The Abomination. Abomination! All right. So let's let's go ahead. We'll move on to some headlines. Uh, headlines today is going to be very trailer focused because we had a couple new trailers this weekend. So um, if you watch our pre-show, you can actually see our reaction to two of these. Uh, first one being the new Mark Wahlberg movie, which stars Daniel Craig in it. Yeah, it stars <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> <sighs> You, you mess up on the notes one time. Anyways, uh, Mark Wahlberg, he plays as a cop who was put away, which, I mean, let's let's just be honest. That is such a tried and true formula. It's like, oh, he's put away because he was the good guy, and now he's going to get hunted down or whatever. I mean, as far as the story, I am not interested in this movie at all. Uh, putting that aside, it's the characters that I'm actually a little interested in. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the um, African American gentleman is he the he's he the one guy from us and the Wakanda Forever? Mbaku, yeah, Mbaku, Mbaku, yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what I thought, but like he looks maybe a little chunkier in this one. Like he's more <laughs> in all the other ones we've seen him with like short hair. He actually has like like some extension in his hair, so that 
kind of threw me off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I said to you in the pre-show, what I meant by this, I was like, Oh, this looks like a good Wahlberg movie. You were like, in reference to what this Mm. looks like one of those by the trailer. Oh, this is going to be a good Mark Wahlberg movie because you have something like transformers age of extinction, which it's Mark Wahlberg. So it's Mark Wahlberg, but the movie's terrible. The movie's terrible. And then you've got, Daddy's Home is arguable. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. I'll give it that. Um, but this, like, looking at it, I'm like, there's a lot here that I really love. I like the fact, too, that Posty has a pretty prominent role. I think that's really cool. <laughs> Posty, for those laymans, is a Post Malone. Malone. Post Malone. Post Malone. Post what a Malone. <laughs> Malone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it looks kind of like your standard like buddy cop thing. Only obviously one of them's not a cop. This one looks better uh, than uh, the one with uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, what's his face who played Crossbones. The one whenever he was a oh, nurse. Oh yeah, by the trailer uh, looks better to me. I mean, if you if you if you think about it though, it is a white guy with an African American guy. <laughs> Like Netflix has gone to the reboot phase so quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks all right. But I mean, it's probably pretty telling that I, I honestly can't even think about what it's called. <laughs> like, I can't either. I can't either. Um, but one that's definitely memorable title, Guns Akimbo. And I'm like, I saw this, and I saw it was Daniel Craig. He looked, like, really crazy in the freaking thumbnail. So I'm like, what's going on here? I watch it. My God. Um, this looks so crazy. So, like, I would say this is, like, a spiritual successor to uh, Crank. Yes, this reminds me of, like, a mix of Crank and Nerve. Do you remember Nerve? Mm, I don't. I, I know of it, but I never watched it. But I, I get what you mean by yeah, that. Cause yeah, because it's the kind of social aspect to it, and then the mm-hmm, way there's mm-hmm. a lot of animation. Fun fact about this, though, I think they've been shooting this movie for a long time. For a while. Because you, you remember that picture of Daniel Craig that people were... <laughs> yeah, Daniel yeah. Radcliffe, damn it! <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. Wearing like the what he wears in the movie with like the like the monster feet like slippers. Yep. With holding and he guns. has like two guns and he's like, nah. yeah, that's been around for like I think since like 2016 or something. So it's interesting what's taken so long on this movie. Maybe right. getting it actually pushed through or someone to pick it up. But well, I like another example is uh, Underwater with the new Kristen Stewart movie. Apparently that's been made for a couple of years now. And it's just been stuck in without a distributor mm. or something like that. So, I mean, this could be a similar thing where it's been done. Maybe it's been edited, but they just don't have anybody to distribute it out to all the movie theaters. Yeah. And the style of this trailer looks so good. Like, I'm mm-hmm. referencing that with Nerve, but even more so, there's a lot of really stylistic um, mm-hmm. cinematography here. Kind of reminds you of something like a John Wick um, mm-hmm. But it's it's like a mix between gamer nerve and what was the other one you said? Crank, crank, yeah, that's what yeah, I the Jason Statham one. Like, like imagine like Jason Statham, but you know, kind of skinny, grangly, and instead of having a drug put in him where he has to always be amped up, he has guns <laughs> bolted to his freaking yeah, hand. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. feel like that's probably the coolest. Thing about this movie is just how like balls to the wall ridiculous it looks ridiculous <laughs> anyways <laughs> ridiculous 
Ah, I was actually going for a Harry Potter reference, you freaking idiot. Anyways, Clone Wars Season 7, the final season. Let's... Let's go. Oh my god. I oh. Yeah. You, you're way more excited about this because I haven't actually gotten through them all. Like, a uh, funny pre-show story, he's basically going to give me a list of all the ones I should pay attention to. Because there's a lot of filler episodes. So, like, I'm actually... This is coming out February 21st. So, I'm going to try to binge basically the entire series before then. So, that I can get a really good feel of what's going on. So, that me and Nate can experience this together. Yeah. Aww. Aww. <laughs> yeah, no. This is one of those that... I think me going through and watching Rebels is making me Rawr. even more excited. Because there's a lot of Rebels connections in there. Did you see any of Rebels at all? No, I haven't. Do you know so. Do you know that Freddie Prince Jr. is a character? Yeah. In the show? Yeah, okay. he's like one of the main guys, right? Yes. So yeah. his name's Kanan. Kane. Anthony sent, my friend Anthony sent me a picture of like shots from the trailer. And there's the shot where they're, the all the Jedi are around that like hollow table. And Kanan is there as a Padawan with his master. Oh! And then there's little things like... Um, at, at the very beginning, the Mandalorian uh, female with the red mm-hmm. hair, she mm-hmm. is a, an important character in Rebels. So it's like, okay, that's cool alone. Mm-hmm. But watching this, it's like, oh my God, first off, they got so much more budget for this season because the animation looks beautiful. <sighs> yeah, it looks toit. And like the animation towards the end of Clone Wars was really good, but this looks like the movie. Like the movie looked a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is, man, so there's a lot of things that are kind of interesting and it's kind of throwing people off. There's one scene in particular in the trailer where Anakin is um, talking with a hologram version of Padme and Padme appears to be pregnant. <gasps> so there's... You know, there's a that's a good point. Now, like, thinking back to it in my mind's eye, yeah, you're right, I think she is. This Holy is a, Yeah, this is supposed to take place before episode... The Clone Wars entirety is supposed to take place before Revenge of the Sith. So there's a couple things here. We don't know that... Uh, Anakin doesn't know Padme's pregnant in Revenge of the Sith until he comes back from that mission on Grievous' ship, which mm. is, like, 20 minutes into Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. is, this, is that a continuity error? Or is some of Clone Wars taking place during Revenge of the Sith? Whoa, yeah. So if that's the case, that's even bigger scale than they're really trying to finish this right. Because I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe Clone Wars is the best Star Wars medium of all time. Yeah, yeah. I could agree to that. And I only saw like, the first and second season through it its so entire, much entirety, right? Oh. And see, that's all I ever hear, right? Yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely one, like, I'm actually kind of excited because it does sort of get me an excuse to rewatch everything, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, so I am kind of excited about that. Yeah. But that's what we think about it. Obviously, we have a couple of trailers to react to. What do you guys think? You know, what is your opinion on, like, the box office and everything? What's your opinion on all the trailers? Let us know down in the comments below or at TX3 Productions. Let's move on to what you watching. Hey Nate, what you watching? <laughs> 
I'm watching some different things this time, actually. Um, yeah. So, like we were talking about in the box office, um, I finally saw Knives Out uh, on s- this past Saturday. Going back to Star Wars real quick, I believe I don't believe that the Last Jedi was all of Ryan Johnson's fault. Mm-hmm. There is no way that a director that has the capability to make like Looper, I love, I think it's in its own class, but Knives Out is a cinema masterpiece. It is the best who done it I have ever seen. There's some things where you can kind of tell, like if you pay attention to stuff like like mysteries, it's like okay, I can maybe see that he's an important character or she's an important character, you know. Um, so there's little things like that, but cinematography is beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's and I'm gonna get real nerdy here for just a second. To give you an example of cinematography, there's one scene where the girl, I think she actually plays Hannah from um, Thirteen Reasons Why. She looked familiar. Um, okay, but she's on the phone talking to someone. And, you know, she's in the dark inside the house. At one point, she walks over and she is, like, resting against a door. And, like, the light that's coming through the peephole is shining across her eyes. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's, that's kind of specific. And then the next shot is her family watching her. So that, it's stuff like that symbolizing that she's being watched. And it's, like, little uh, things. And also, uh, yeah. it's so many twists and turns. This movie is genuinely beautiful. Like, it's... Ama- like I'm not, I'm not gonna say amazing. It's 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 really really good from riveting from start to finish. But yeah, at the my first thought coming out of that movie was, okay, I think Disney might have had something to do with this, do with the Last Jedi. And in my personal opinion, I think what happened was Disney wanted him to do something, and he goes, you know what, I'm gonna make the movie that they think I'm ma- uh, that they think I'm making, and make my own. And that's why it was the whole subverting expectations. Yeah, mm-hmm. still not giving an excuse, but it's one of those that walking out of this movie, Ryan Johnson is back for sure as mm-hmm. a prominent director. <sighs> it's one of those that it's hard to talk about without spoiling the twists right, and turns. Right. Um, but apart from me, you know, sucking it off over here. Yeah, <laughs> there well, I mean, a- this is interesting because this is a movie that is banking on its characters, one of whom being Chris Evans, who it's one of his first post-Malone, I mean, uh, post-Endgame movies. And (laughs) on the other half, we have uh, have Daniel Craig. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) On the other hand, we have uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his first uh, post-Malone, post-Endgame movie, <laughs> like the the contrast between them both is hilarious. Yeah, and Chris Evans. We could sc- from this we can clearly see who won the Civil War. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Chris Evans, man, it was it was great to see him in this because you didn't see him as Captain America. Yeah, you saw him as either Chris Evans or you know, the actor, their character he was playing and he was really good. Like seeing, going back and watching some of his older stuff and seeing him in this movie, he's so confident. He's so sharp mm-hmm. and it's really good. One of my biggest complaints mm-hmm. is get yourself Mr. ready. Get yourself ready. <laughs> is Mr. Uh, Mr. Daniel Craig himself. Uh, he's got an accent. Uh, yeah. He's got a real Kentucky fried. I, I'm the Colonel kind of, kind of accent. Like, like, uh, uh, the entire movie, the entire movie, and it's really hard to hear the sometimes. Entire movie, I tell you what, yeah, it's I'll tell 
you what? I tell you, I tell you, I say, I say, I say. Yeah, I mean, it's the entire movie. So it's one of those that it takes a minute to get used to. It's kind of hard to hear <laughs> sometimes, but. What? Um, Why? There's. <laughs> Why would you say such a thing? Um, there was also some people in there that I wasn't expecting to see, um, like the actor from. Um, Oh man, he was he was the he was on Get Out. He was the one Okay. Um that got scared. You know? <laughs> Here, let me actually let me look this up real quick. He was in a movie recently that I didn't see but wanted to. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the actor's name. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you're talking about the guy with the white hair. No. No? Mm-hmm. He's a police he plays a police officer in this. Oh, uh, the big the bigger fat uh black guy. He's not I mean, it's not fat. He's f***ing fat. Don't be a goddamn fat shamer. No, le, or uh, un, Lakeith un- Stanfield. Un- un- sh- the, the guy from Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to Bother You. Oh, him, that one. Oh, that yeah. other black guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was, he was really, Sorry, he was really good. Sorry, it's not Samuel L. Jackson. My white brain just goes crazy. <laughs> oh, also, I'll give you a little fun fact. We're sitting there watching in, um, of course, you know, the, the movie's about the patriarchy of the family dies and they're trying to figure out who did it. Who done um, it? Who done it? And at one point there's a scene where, you know, they're reading his will and of course that amps up the movie, but the guy who's reading it, I was like, he kind of looks familiar. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm, it's mm-hmm. probably one of those. And so the credits are rolling and the cast is coming up and it goes, Frank Oz. And I go, huh. And Chelsea goes, what? My wife. Uh, and I was like, well, fun fact, uh, Yoda read the will. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and they were all like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's kind of one of those just random little Hollywood things. But um, I fully recommend it 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, besides that, of course, I got some TV I've watched. Uh, we tried to start that Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix and Remind me who Aaron Hernandez is, because it definitely sounds familiar. He was on the Patriots. I'm trying to. I don't remember what his. Did he deflate the balls? <laughs> no, he. Um, he killed people. <laughs> oh. The, uh, my next guess, My next guess was going to be uh, like uh, like dog fights or he something. He was a he was a tight end for um, the Patriots. <sighs> And basically, it's it's a really interesting story, and it's one. So, pretty much, he had he was a troubled life all his life, and he ended up killing and just going on rampages, just in like blackout states. And come to find out, when they autopsied his brain, his brain he was only when did he die? How old? He was born in eighty nine, died in twenty seventeen. Math. Who? Mm, how old okay. is that? Like in his late twenties, he, he was born in eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. So that means he was a year younger than me in two thousand seventeen. So that means he would have been twenty twenty nine. Okay, or something. Yeah, they autopsied his brain, and because of how many concussions he had and brain damage from you know stuff like life with his father and stuff like that, it looked like his brain was an eighty year old man. I mean, he had severe brain damage that caused him to go into episodes. But the documentary is made for made by the same people who did Making a Murderer, and so I'm like, oh man, this ought to be good. 
the story is interesting, but good lord, we are only on the second episode and only twenty minutes in. Like uh-huh. and you're you watch twenty minutes, it feels like an hour. And they're oh, hour God. episodes each time, so they're just so slow and it's it's hard. So how did he get away with I mean, you he ask this all the time sometimes, but it's like, how, how does he get away with killing people? He didn't. He um, he had gotten, uh, he was on trial for it. I don't know exactly what happened. He ended up killing himself. Um, so he ended up killed him. Is this the guy that ended up killing himself, but he made sure not to like shoot himself in the brain so that they could uh, research his brain? I, I honestly don't know much about him at all. Um, so I okay. can't, I can't answer that, but well, you might after this, so. I might after this, hopefully I can get through it, but cause I know there was somebody who did that and like they specifically killed themselves in a way to make it so that they, they could study his brain essentially. So then, yeah, like you said, they did an op- autopsy on him. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah. It's interesting to see this kind of like crime drama where true crimes kicking up in comparison with something like Mindhunter. Um, yeah. which Mindhunter, it's similar when it comes to slow, but not that slow. I mean, it still has, yeah. has interest in it. So we're trying. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I've been watching that too. Uh, what episode are you on? Uh, we're on episode four. We've we've heard a lot of good things. Just to be clear, because we, we have, have watched episode issue four. With we have watched episode four. <laughs> episode five is the next episode. We actually started <laughs> the first episode, I think, a year ago, and then oh geez, and then we're like. Okay, well, let's just kind of jump back into it because we were looking for something new, and that's kind of right. where we've been on. Um, yeah, we've watched, and I will confirm, but last I checked, we had seen up to we had seen episode four. <laughs> okay. Um, I yeah, I like it. Uh, I I wish it would have gotten to its premise a little bit quicker though, because the the entire first episode essentially is just setting up the two main characters. Which, I mean, mainly you stick with the one kind of more um, by-the-books guy, you know. I, I don't know. He's from Glee. I mean, I, I don't know his name. Um, but you stick with him for most of the episode. You meet some broad, and, you know, they, they start going with each other. And then you kind of meet the older, more grizzled one. And then they start kind of hanging out with each other or whatever. So, I mean, I just I really wish they would have gotten to the premise a little bit quicker at the same time. Um I am kind of, I like this kind of time in the FBI history because like they're out there helping with certain murders, but at the same time they're coming up with these like profiles. This is back when like essentially they're like, oh, people are just crazy. Like they didn't care about why they did stuff necessarily. They just wanted to find who done it, you know? And so now we're, we're talking about the very beginning of behavioral psychology in the sense of criminal you know in criminal study essentially and that's essentially what this entire series is about is the beginning of that um in the fbi so that not only could they you know figure out why people do the things they do but then in certain cases make it easier for people to find like a set up profiles for instance um or you know, maybe even prevent certain things. So and it's interesting. And might I add to it is good and it is interesting, but God, between those first two episodes, that is the most frustrating <laughs> thing about this show is that we all know this is real. We know serial killers don't have any rhyme or reason because of what they've learned. And that's what they're showing in the show. But good Lord, those first two episodes, it's like, 
you're an idiot. There's nothing else wrong. It's like, yes, there yes, is. There, yeah, there like, is. It's so frustrating. There's a, yeah, there's a commonality between them. Either it's, you know, an abusive father or a neglectful mother. And it's like there are calling cards for this. And like I said, yeah, it's basically them coming up with this standard of how to track these people down, you know, yeah. so that when it when or if it happens again, they it's a lot easier. Um, I, th- I think the thing that surprised the most or surprised me the most is that this is a David Fincher production. Really? Yeah, you didn't notice that? Uh-uh. I, I guess yeah. I didn't. Yeah, if you click the skip button on the skip intro, the last thing that's shown is directed by David Finch. That makes sense. That makes right? sense. Fun fact, did not know David Fincher not only directed The Social Network, but Gone Girl, which is interesting because those are my two favorite movies of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, you can definitely see... Like watching, I think it was the second, maybe even the third episode where I saw that David Fincher um, directed by. And I'm like, you know what? That makes so much freaking sense now because this entire series screams David Fincher. (laughs) I mean, because he also did the origami killer with uh, Mark Ruffalo and Zodiac. um, Zodiac. What did I say? The origami killer. I was like, he was in heavy (laughs) rain. <laughs> no, the 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 Zodiac killer um with Hulk and Iron Man essentially. So yeah, pretty much. Hulk, Iron Man and Mysterio nonetheless. Yes. <laughs> um, so how how many episodes are you? I want to say I'm at least 6. So I'm just a little bit ahead of you not by much though. So I'll ask your opinion on this. So mm-hmm. far, the only performance that I've truly loved when it comes from the um, patients they're, they're interviewing has been the, the very first one, Cameron Britton's character, Ed Kemper. Mm. His performance yeah. of Ed Kemper. Because it's one of those that I thought it was good, but my wife, who is true crime fanatic, sitting over here more watching that, she goes, oh my God. Like, that looks just like, I mean, it was like, that's him like that he embodied him do you know where he's from also uh no umbrella well, academy. yes uh he, yeah like umbrella academy yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's it was cool for me to because we kind of watched like when we had watched those, think, I was like, well have you gotten to the guy with the shoes yet i can't remember what episode that is um, episode, uh, okay, so episode four, Bill and Holden consult with Dr. Wendy to begin classifying their subjects. Um, mm, okay, yeah, so you haven't gotten to the guy with shoes yet. Yeah, that one's, that one's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's got a star-studded cast. It's the same thing. It's where it's slow, but for me, I like it. Like, I think if it was just a show I was watching, I would get through it no problem, but it's mm-hmm. one of those that... I want to watch it with my wife and she's lo- me too. Me too. She's less drawn into slow things like that. So it's, it's a painstaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's your favorite out of the two? <sighs> That's hard. Cause I do like Holden, but he's Holden. <laughs> Um, and I don't remember the, I don't remember the other one's name, but you know, what's funny to me and I don't think you'll, you'll recognize this or get this until you play Detroit a little bit more, but mannerisms, characterizations are almost identical to the Connor storyline where Clancy Brown's your partner. 
they're mm, very okay. similar. So that's been kind of cool watching that because it's like, oh, I'm watching that in real life. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I like, I honestly, I like them as a duo. You know, because it's yeah. one of those that they're perfect together. Such a freaking Nate answer, dear God! Pick a goddamn side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. I like the older character more. Mm. Um, I like that he's kind of disenfranchised with everything. He's going through a lot at home. Um, I won't spoil too much, but like, there's something that happens in the next like couple episodes. Something to do with him and his wife or whatever. That was just like you really start to see him come his own character rather than just, like you said, part of a duo. Um, but, like, I just like him. You know, he has a adopted kid. The adopted kid doesn't talk. And, like, you can see that that really bothers him. And you can see that the reason it bothers him. So this is back in the 80s or 70s? Uh, this was in the 70s. 70s? Uh, yeah, so, 70s. Yeah, okay. But you can tell that the reason he's that way is because he had a dad that grew up in the 50s. And so it's like, well, you know, I'm just, you know, he's being very stoic towards his kid. And it's like, because that's just how his dad was with him. Hmm. But you can tell that it's like, well, I'd like to do more, but that's just not how it works or whatever. And you can, like, I like that characterization of him and everything. Um, And in general, I just feel like, you know... um, you know, him being a little bit more experienced. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that about him. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I am I definitely want to go through and finish it. I think when it's going to be best finished whenever we have that, like, real hunger for, for some true crime, some really dark, depressing kind of stuff. Yeah, that um, is the hardest thing about it is just how, like, yeah, real serious it is. Yeah. Now, Nick. <sighs> What's up? I'm going to ask you what you're watching, but mm. I feel like I don't want to know the answer to this, mm. but I'm going to do you it don't? anyway. What have you been watching? Uh, well, a couple of things. Um, the, I watched The Joker, and I watch um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh. Yeah. Tell. Ooh. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, I liked, but I, I feel like the biggest curse that I had is that I watched that after watching the Joker, not like directly after it was actually the day after, but I watched that after watching the Joker and both of those movie are a very slow burn where there's not a lot of stuff going on, but there's a lot of character stuff going on. And I don't necessarily feel like that's a bad thing, but watching two of those movies back to back without some kind of a filler yeah. was very like, so it's like, I feel like I liked Once Upon a Time more in general, but at the same time, it was just, it was kind of fogged up by the, by the whole fact that I watched the Joker first. And that's it. That's all my opinions. That's all I have to say. Nothing okay, else that's, to say. Uh, okay, don't be a cock tease. Don't be a cock tease. So, so uh, for, if so, you're on our Discord, you kind of already seen some of my opinion about this. Um, the the Joker, honestly, in one single word, overhyped. Just overhyped. Over overplayed. You know. Especially like, oh my god, this is going to create incels and people are going to start making riots themselves or whatever. And I'm like, what the hell ever. I didn't believe that before and I definitely Mm. don't believe that after watching it either. Um, But I don't know. Uh, I think the number one crux of the situation was I was expecting the greatest 
uh, comic book movie of all time. And that's not what I got. Instead, I got a really good comic book movie of all time. But that's the thing is that that expectation, like he won a freaking Academy Award. And so yeah, I was expecting a performance that showed him being an Academy Award winner Joker. And while I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, at the same time, there's just some like really weird decisions that it's like I get they were going for something creative, but at the same time it's just like, okay, why is he dancing all the freaking time? Like, okay, he's crazy. That doesn't mean he's a dancer. Like, are all dancers crazy now? <laughs> so... I mean that that all made sense, like the why he was dancing, sure. him doing it, on, well, like especially him doing it after the first kill he had, basically, like that made sense, and then him doing it again. I I I even I was like, okay, I mean, cool. He's kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> but um, that's interesting that me and you both saw the Joker under different pretenses. Mm, I was okay. walking into it thinking that this was going to be a an Academy award winning type performance that happens to be based on a comic character. Mm, and okay. you sound like you walked, you walked into it thinking it was going to be mm. a comic book movie about the Joker of an origin story kind of thing. You, you thought it was going to be more comic booky than I did. Well, it's not even that it's, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that everybody was talking about this as if it was a masterpiece and it's oh, not, gotcha. it's not a masterpiece. This, I mean, like, controversial. Oh, no, everybody. Watch out. Here comes a controversial. Um, Heath Ledger way better. I'm sorry. Like, there's a lot of things that Joaquin Phoenix. Bless you. Does really good in this movie. There are a lot of really good scenes. Um, But I feel like they're so spaced out. And considering that I feel like I got more out of Heath Ledger's Joker, where he wasn't the focus of the movie, than I got in a movie that is the focus, like, I feel like that that just shows you Heath Ledger's presence. That he doesn't have to be in the entire movie to show you, like, his descent or whatever. And maybe that's another thing. Instead of having to see his descent, I just got to see the Joker, you know? I would even argue that, like, Heath Ledger's Joker could be like the future version of um, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, you know, and I, like I, the whole the whole Bruce thing was uh, did not need to happen. It did not that whole angle and him going up to him and putting his fingers in his mouth. What kid would just sit there and let some weird go put their fingers? Uh, were you not taught anything as a kid? I don't care if this is back in the 80s before, you know, rapists decided to become, like, super rapey. Um, but still, like, dear fucking God, why in God's name would you just let some random guy come up to you? Ah. Uh, yeah, uh, see, that that one I thought was a little too much, so... Well, no, it's just the, the whole, um, I guess, Wayne. The whole Wayne angle to everything it was interesting Mm, 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 to the certain to the certain point where it's like it ended up uh spoilers everybody it ended up his mother was just basically fantasizing the entire freaking thing so that part of it was interesting but i feel like they shoehorned in that it was wayne i don't feel like it needed to be wayne for it to be an interesting story instead why couldn't it have just been a governor why did it have to be 
a Wayne that was running for governor. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they tie, they tried to tie it way too much to Wayne and I feel like to a certain extent that almost brought the focus away from the Joker and it's not really a Joker origin story even though it is a Joker origin story. It's actually Batman's origin story told from a different perspective. <laughs> Yeah, it's like we're gonna see Robert Pattinson in the in the Batman, and he's gonna have like a phobia of people like putting their fingers in his mouth or touching his face, just like don't touch or me. touching don't his touch face. Me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Um, yeah, so I mean, I hope for, everybody. Let's just be clear. I hope everybody has a phobia of people putting fingers in your mouth. That should just for, be a natural phobia. <laughs> for the whole Wayne thing, my whole opinion on it, I do see where you're coming from with it. Going back to with me, how I walked in thinking that this was going to be like just a artistic style movie based on a on a Batman character. Um, the the whole thing when he was talking to Bruce, I thought that was a little much. I loved, though, at the very end, whenever all the riots were happening. Well, first off, that whole ending part, I really enjoyed in general because it showed exactly what people were worried about. Not not human. I'm talking about in the movie. Yeah. Like yeah. like you see the beginnings of people rallying behind the Joker and rescuing him. Mm. But it's one of those that because this movie kept it going along of its own thing, not making me really think of him as the Joker. It was at the very end when that one guy turns a corner and attacks that family in the alley. I was like, Oh, that's right. Like it that was a really enjoyable part. Um, And see, I guess that's another part that I just didn't, I didn't personally like, I didn't like how, Okay, first off, the marketing really made it seem like he grew a following and then used that to attack the city. Yep. yep. That's how the marketing. But instead, um, he's just extremely opportunistic. And yep. I guess the origin of Joker or the origin of hashtag my Joker, um, I don't see a Joker as an opportunistic. Like, I don't see him as, oh, all these people are rioting. I'm just going to use that for my cause. Even though it was technically him who killed the people, the people took that as somebody being a vigilante and saying something against rich people, when really it was because they were beating the crap out of them. So it had nothing to do with whatever cause they decided to attach it to. And the fact that that happened, it was just like, it was this side thing that happened. And I didn't like how then he took ownership of it rather than maybe taking ownership of it sooner. Like if he would have taken ownership of it a lot sooner rather than right at the very end, I feel like maybe I would have enjoyed it more. But since it was extremely like happenstance that a truck ran into him and got him out of there, like they weren't saving him. That was a complete, it was just because there were riots. Oh, see, going I read on. It as they were saving him. So no, I don't think okay. so. The way it was set up is that the, like when they went up, they went up slowly to the car looking through it and they're like, oh, hey, it's that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the way I read yeah. it. I gotcha. Like, they didn't know. They like they were looking to see, like, you know, the way they were, like, peeking their head in wasn't like, hey, I saved you. It was like, who the hell's in there? Are they okay? Yeah, so for me, I don't think that Joaquin, uh, thank you. you, I don't think his performance was better than Ledger's by any means. When I walked yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, theater, yeah. I was like, okay, Joaquin deserves a spot. That's in it. in this group like he he deserves sure, he sure, deserves yeah. to be like he that's one of those i'll put him i'll put him beside ledger's joker but i definitely wouldn't put him above yes ledger's I, joker. I put i put 
them all across the board because they're each they're each oh, own God, individual thing. Such a neat answer. No, 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 no. Like, like, uh, I don't think Nicholson is better than Ledger. What I actually think oh, okay. that Ledger is better than Nicholson, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm right, he is. But they're all different Jokers. Is the thing. It's like same with Jared true, Leto. True, true, now true. Jared Leto, if we would have seen more of him, reviewed probably would have been higher, mm. but he would be kind of kind of under but um you know nicholson had his own version the comic book version ledger had the best in my opinion because it was modern mm-hmm. and it was real life and then joaquin's had a you. kind of combination of the two where it was very yeah. modern because mm-hmm. it was talking about social tropes and that's kind of mm. what made him so that's interesting but also um grounded too like ledger's was um yeah yeah, you definitely had moments of insanity, like the one time during the interview where he's like, I have nothing left to lose. And he has this like weird face, but then all of a sudden he goes and it's just like he gets dead in his eyes and he's like staring at him. And like, I walked you know, out of definitely that really good. Settled 100%. I walked out. I was like, I yeah. do not feel great. And then we went to IHOP, which the IHOP that's near us is really, really tiny and crowded. So when mm-hmm. we sat down, our waiter came up to us. Mind you, this is like a 10, 11 o'clock at night. And he comes up beside us and I look up and he doesn't look like Joaquin Phoenix at all. I mean, he, but he kind of looks like, was his name? Alan. Alan. Yeah. Uh, he kind of looks like an Alan. Like I looked at him and he looked like the kind of like similar to that kind of character. And mm. I was like, Oh God. <laughs> I was like, Oh God. Oh God. Help Please mommy. don't kill me. Uh, but yeah, no, it's one of those that I, I think it deserved, I think his performance deserved an award. Um, and and as a movie, I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, is it my favorite Joker of all time? Absolutely not. But it's like I said mm-hmm. before, it's he definitely deserves a spot. It's it's a good movie. Like that's that's yes. the bottom yeah. line. Because I don't want someone to be like, oh, he hated Joker. No, I liked it just fine. But that's the thing, just fine. When I went into it thinking it was going to be a masterpiece. And part of that could be my, my own fault. I shouldn't have gone into it. But it's hard to when I watched this after he won the award for his part in The Joker. Mm-hmm. So, like, I went in expecting this, you know, Academy Award winning performance. You know, and in certain respects, yeah, I guess if you go off of one or two scenes, oh, yeah, that's an Academy. But as far as the entire thing, it's like... I don't know if the entire thing was like, I, I don't know. I also like, I know this was sort of part of the point or maybe it wasn't, but it's like, I also just don't like the message it had about mentally ill people. Like, so I don't know if it was on purpose or whatnot, but it's like, I, I didn't like that. You didn't that. like, you didn't like how they, the, the message that I took away from it was that no one cares. And that's or or it's, well, see, and I would have much rather them focus on the downtrodden aspect rather than or mental the, illness, rather than mental illness, exactly. Because instead of it being about a world beating him down into the ground, it became him being mentally ill, yeah. and Snapping. using the world beating him down as an excuse. That's kind of what I, you know, yeah, uh, and. To the la- the last thing I'll say on it, when you were talking about how you did, well, uh, hold on, hold on. One thing, his mother being mentally challenged, or not mentally challenged. Sorry, I don't want to say it like that. Um, his mo- mother being mentally ill and that being like a catalyst for him makes sense, but also making him mentally ill was the step too far for me. Go on. Yeah. Uh, well, what I was gonna say is, uh, when I was watching it. 
the opinion you had about it being overhyped of creating incels. I agree. When I watched it, though, there were certain scenes where I was like, well, well, I can see probably how someone took it that way. So I was like, it's not I, it's not necessarily that I can see I, that movie would have made incels, but like some of the scenes that happened, I was like, well, I can see how someone would interpret that that worry. Like I could see why someone would, would be worried about that in certain instances. Yeah. You know, like I mean, the yeah, main one yeah. being the the talk show whenever he was on the, right, the New right, York show. Right, Cause right, it's right. like, that's very much taking a stance against, Hey, you don't care about the downtrodden and the mentally mm-hmm. ill. We're going to rise up. So, I mean, that's, that's what we've been watching. Obviously we always want you guys to write into us. What do you guys have been watching and everything? What are your guys' thoughts on the Joker? Or have you seen not knives out or mind hunter? Let us know. Uh, let's move on to our rando movie of the week. week. All right, so last week we chose our rando movie of the week, and it was John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Uh, in one word, explain this movie. <laughs> Why? That's a good word. Good word. I mean, mine would just be boring. First, you know, and this this really hurts because I am a big John Mulaney fan. I think all of his stand up, I've watched every single one of them and laughed my ass off. Yeah, and one thing I'll say is for anyone who did the watch along with us and watched it, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's what we get for random so i mean i'm not gonna right? fault it on that but it was like man so i kind of how t- far did you make into it because i'll be honest didn't make it through I, it. I i honestly made it about 35 minutes in so i had about 30 Damn. i was about yeah. halfway um oh yeah mm-hmm. i can see where the hu- i could see the humor that that they were going for because it was one of those it's like kids talking about really like i think my favorite part of what i saw was whenever Grandma they had a boyfriend, his boyfriend <laughs> name was Paul. That went on way too long. That one way I'll say. Way too long. Way too long. Yep. But what the part that I genuinely chuckled at was whenever they were talking about the dinosaur. I don't remember the name of it. But when it was like, here, let's cut to the cut to the dinosaur, the the guy in the blue dinosaur suit. And then, mm. like, it showed some B-roll clips, and then, like, the screen froze, and it popped up with the guy with his head off, and it said said his name in, in memoriam, and all the <laughs> cuts back to the kids, and they're like, wait, so are you saying that that the, the dinosaur is dead? And he was like, no, the dinosaur is not dead. The guy inside the dinosaur suit, he died. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I don't though, think I, I don't died. think I saw that. <laughs> so it makes you feel any better, though. He did die in the dinosaur suit, so I mean, he's. <laughs> 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 and then, and then they show. They show. They show. They show so, like, um, if the if the rest of it would have been humor like that, I think it would have been it would have landed a lot more with me. They show another like the, the part right next to that where it's like a different character. And it's like the like same B-roll there together. And then it freezes and it pops up and it grays out. And they're like, wait, wait, hold on. He's not dead, is he? And John goes, no, he's alive. He's just missing. <laughs> 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 and, 
and then they'd start talking about like his mental health. It's that was really funny, but I mean, yeah. it, it was that out of 35 minutes, and that was only like five minutes. And yeah, for me, it's one of those that I knew from what you said about it, I wasn't really gonna get through it, so I had it on in the background, I had it on my, com- mm. my screen. And you still couldn't get through it? While I was playing, like, Just Cause or something like that. Why? Because Just Cause. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I still couldn't get through it like that. Like, it also probably didn't help that when I stopped, it was almost 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, I I would like to go to bed soon. But it it just... Yeah, there was no drive to watch. No, no. There was nothing getting me from scene to scene. Even the little, you know, uh, framing device that they had, which is him with all the kids in the playground or whatever, even that as a framing device didn't keep me interested enough to go in and see like the one there's two parts of what I watched that were like maybe funny, but then like you said, it went on for too long. The grandma had a boyfriend (laughs) that was funny for sure. But then it just went on for too long. And I hate, I genuinely hate certain jokes that part of the joke is how long it goes on. I don't like jokes like that. Yeah. I feel like, no, you need to be interesting. Just the fact that it goes on forever, it shouldn't be part of the joke. It should be funny. Um, And at least I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's what I felt like they were going for is that like, oh, it's going on for so long. And let's, you know, they had an entire song about it rather than just one or two short verses with a chorus. You know, it was an entire full length song. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then the other one that was kind of funny was the one where it was a, um, it was, what are you reading? And it was about the guy who was in drag. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that was funny for sure. But then like, once again, it went on for way too long. And it was just like the, the funniness of it was the quick punch that what he was, wor- or what he was reading was something super deep and not a kid's book at all. That was the funny joke. But having him go through and explain everything about it was just like okay yeah i get it did you did you get to the part where they had the focus group for that animated movie yeah that was funny but i mean it was again went on too long yeah well i mean if anything it was just like um i yeah like i could see what they were going for like haha kids are stupid or whatever like how many of you would say that this is your favorite movie ever but then at that point i did kind of feel like maybe there were they were digging into the kids too much, basically making it abundantly kid clear that, haha, kids are stupid. It's like, yeah, I got that the first time you said it. You don't have to dig into them. They're just freaking kids for fuck's sake. Yeah, and it's it's one of those. The only other really thing that I had to chuckle at was at the very beginning, and it was a blink and you miss it line, whenever... One of the kids was talking about what the tone of it is, and they're like, is it serious or is it not? And John's like, well, it just depends on how people like it. If it's, uh, oh, if they don't it, like it, then hey, it's, you know, we did it on purpose. You know, it was stuff like that, that kind of humor with that. And then the, the go back and at least watch that. I don't think you're very far from it. Watch mm-hmm. that clip because it's really, really funny. Um, <laughs> just, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, it just wasn't like, it's not one that I would have, I would never have seen this if we didn't accidentally pick it by random. True. I mean, there's that. I mean, other than it's John Mulaney, and I think I would have, I think I eventually would have given it a chance anyways, because it is Johnny, Johnny, it's John Mulaney. But I mean, like, I think I texted you the other day and I was all like, okay, this is painfully boring. Yeah. 
And I meant that. Like, I, it's just like, I cannot get through this. Like, every moment I was watching it was because I had to, not because I wanted to. So, hopefully, next one will be a lot better. So, let's go ahead and pick that next one right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Eddie, 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 Eddie. Okay. So, heads or tails? Tails. I'm an ass guy. Okay. It's heads. So, that means I get to choose. You know, last time we did... Last time we did Netflix. So, let's go ahead and go on over to uh, Hulu. Pick... What? What were you gonna say? I was gonna say I was gonna say Hulu or Disney Plus. I don't know if Hulu has good movies, but I guess that doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, right, yeah, that's not the point, sir. So let me go over to the movies. Okay. All right, one through ten. Four. All right, one, two, three, four. Ooh, it's their featured movies. Ooh. Okay, uh, one through ten. Three. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, hey, I know this one. Uh, the Kid. So that Ethan Hawke, Dane DeHaan. Uh, it also has De- De- DeHaan. What? I was, uh, that's probably his name, but I just for, for a minute thought you messed up the name. <laughs> Dane DeHaan. And then introducing Jake, but this is the one where uh, Chris, who's, who's Star-Lord? Prine or Pratt? Chris Pratt. Pratt? No, 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 no. That's a, uh, that's the, that is the, come on. I think it's a Magnificent Seven. No, 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 no. Hold on. Which is it? Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy. Is it Pine or Pratt? Oh, Pratt. Pratt? Okay, so Chris Pratt actually plays a bad guy in this one. Really? Yeah. The other one you're thinking of, Magnificent Seven, yeah, he plays a good guy in that one. So this one he actually plays oh, okay. a bad guy in. So yeah, this is actually one I haven't seen. Um, uh, yeah, it's called The Kid. It's about Billy the Kid, pretty much. Oh yeah, did not know that. That's uh, that's the more you know for no. sure. Um, a young fan of Billy the Kid who asks the fabled gunslinger to help him free his kidnapped sister, Sarah, from his uncle's dastardly grip. Yeah, this was actually a pretty recent movie, 2019, so that's not bad. Um, the only thing I remember about this particular is that the trailer... Seriously, go go and watch it. The number one thing that stood out about this trailer was Chris Pratt's beard and how it clearly looked like one that they stitched on so yeah (laughs) this is definitely uh like you like you just said a second ago i think this is definitely going to be a really good rando because neither of us have seen this this looks really good but good Mm -hmm. lord does that beard on chris pratt look fake It looks I told terrible. You. I'm interested I told to see, you. I'm interested to see what uh, his characterization is going to be because in that clip that we're that we were looking at there in particular, he's like, "It's my lucky day." It's like it doesn't sound like Chris Pratt. It's like okay, but what I loved and what kind of sold me on this is the very end. Whenever Ethan Hawke was like, "It doesn't matter what's true; it matters the story they tell." Ooh, and I was yeah. like, that is 100% true, especially in the Old West. You don't hear, you only hear the infamous stories. 
So that's a good pick. That's yeah. a great pick. That's a good pick. So everybody, rando movie of the week is The Kid with Ethan Hawke, Jason Duran, David D- David Duran. Duran Duran? I don't know. Anyways, it's the one with Chris Pratt. I mean, you'll probably see it on your... It's on Hulu, so as long as you have Hulu, there you go. Watch it along with us. Um, go to our... Um, uh, nerd radio and go to our mailbag let us know what you thought about it and we'll read it on the next episode uh, nobody wrote in this time about John Mulaney's thing probably for good reason but <laughs> write into us next time <laughs> uh, next up we're gonna end with nerd would you rather Obviously, you guys know what it is, but it's a little bit more nerd-oriented. So, let's start it off. Okay, so here's the scenario. And don't try to nate this up, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You tried that episode one, nah, no, sir. That's not how this worked. It's one or the other. Okay, so Groundhog Day or Edge of Tomorrow. So, basically what I mean by that is, would you rather be stuck... In a endless um, love story or an endless war until you figure your way out. This is going to be the most man answer possible. <laughs> I would want to get stuck in the death loop of the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and true. For me, the reason would be because the way I look at it, when I come out, when I finally figure out what it is, I'm coming out at the best of the bet. Like I am the best I can be. I am a killer. I am a like machine. Like I have trained so much so many times to like try and kill these things. I'm a badass. So it's like, you're guaranteeing me once I figure this out, I'll be a badass. Okay, cool. Yeah. You that's know. a good point. Um, yeah. I mean like, in this particular sense, it's like, would I rather be stuck in an endless like love story or would I rather be stuck in war? And I feel like in this particular circumstance, um, either way, they were like, he was stuck in this small town that he hated and or being stuck in an actual hell, <laughs> which is war. Um, I think like. I think what makes Edge of Tomorrow maybe a little bit more interesting is that at the end of Edge of Tomorrow, pretty much he had to die to reset his day. Versus on Groundhog Day, he could just go to sleep, and then when he woke up, he would be okay. So I think the crappiest thing about Edge of Tomorrow is having to die, because that was the that was the whole you know live die repeat or whatever. It wasn't because the day ended. It was because he died versus Groundhog's Day. Like I said, he's just he could go to sleep. Now, granted, in the middle of the story, he went and committed suicide a bunch of times or whatever, because who knows how many times, you know, we only see the the ones that are important. But I remember somebody actually did uh, like a calculation of like how long they think he was actually in there. And like one person said, like, you know, almost you know, a hundred thousand days or something because like they went off of like how long it would take you to learn the piano, how long it would take you to do this, take that. Yet. So I think they like in the hundreds of thousands of days, like even maybe even closer to like a million days or something like that. So like, like, wow or whatever. But the thing is, like I said, like he doesn't always have to die in order for him to go on to the next day. He could just fall asleep, you know? And I yeah. feel like that might be the, 
crappy part because especially if you like um because obviously it's silly to see tom cruise get run over by a car and then restart his day but getting run over a car doesn't mean that it's an instant death it means you are in pain for probably the next couple of minutes if not a couple hours as you're internally bleeding and dying or if you're getting burnt alive literally you know, having to go through that pain over and over again to make sure that I get on to the next day. You know, after a while, you would somewhat become mentally immune to it, but that wouldn't stop from how much it hurts. <laughs> well, I think what I would do, unless the chance wasn't given to me, because with him, every time he's died, for the most part, it was on the field. He had some sort of weapon. So if I feel like I'm close to it, I mean, I'm just going to shoot myself in the head. True, you know, which reset. is what happens a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, it's not that, always a guarantee. That's my answer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, other than just being a contrarian, I think Groundhog Day at least that is every day is going to be the same, which is its own sort of hell, but every day won't be full of despair and war and people blowing up and seeing somebody that I know die over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Groundhog Day might be the safer one, but it's also like, yeah, I don't have to die. Just so, I mean, that's my answer personally. So what's yours? That's a good one. <laughs> okay, so I got a fun one here. All right. Would you rather have Wolverine's invulnerability or telekinesis akin to like Professor X, Jean mm-hmm. Grey, stuff like that? Now, right. caveats here Wolverine's invulnerability. You live for a really long time. True, true. You're not going to live forever. Um, well, I mean, I honestly, you, never mind. We're going to put it simple. You're not going to live forever. You're going to die at some point, but you will have lived at least two or three lifetimes at that point. Right. So it's kind of one of those you're ready to die. Whereas mm-hmm. with the telekinesis, you run the risk of because that power is so immense, you could do something like Charles did, Professor X did, and Logan, where he just killed all the mutants because right. he had a seizure, basically. Well, um, he had or, Alzheimer's. Yeah, he did have which, which probably was also a seizure as well, but yeah. Yeah. Um, or you run the risk of something like, you know, Dark Phoenix is definitely a unique case, but she was so powerful. You could yeah. be that powerful. You just never know. So what? which would you rather? Uh, I think even though like mentally it would kind of suck, but I feel like, you know, invulnerability would be really nice, you know, um, just because, yeah, you get to live a really long time. Um, Wolverine is stuck in the, in the, in the case of, you know, yeah, I had to go through all those wars. Now, if I pick invulnerability, does that also mean that I get Wolverine's life or I just get his power? So, I mean, you can spin it anyway. If you look at it, the, what I was going to throw in there is the only reason he was dying is because of the adamantium that was put into his body. He could have lived longer than that if that didn't happen. So you never know. But, um, you can see it as his powers and his invulnerability or just his invulnerability. Um, either way for me, it's difficult because that's a lonely life. That did not answer my question whatsoever. My question was, do I have to live his life or do I just have his powers? Oh, you just have his powers. Oh, well then in that case, yeah, I'm in vulnerability. It would suck to have or to outlive certain people, but at the same time, like being able to experience 
generation after generation, you know, if I did have to live his life, yeah, that would be really hard because then I have to go through a bunch of wars and everything. But it's like if I don't have to go through the wars and instead, like, I just kind of live my life or whatever, I don't know. Invulnerability doesn't seem that bad. That one's hard. Being able to just sit on the couch and make a soda come to me. Oh, geez. Now we're talking. Now we're really thinking, aren't we? <laughs> See, this this one this one is hard because the way you can look at it is the invulnerability. You just have a really long lifespan. You mm-hmm. don't know, you know, when it's going to end. And so there's some there's some stress stress-free things to that where you don't have to, you know, worry about uh, an end basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have something like telekinesis, which could um, cause you to go crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. depending on your mental aptitude, you have voices potentially coming into your head. True. Yeah. You know, a lot. Of, so, I mean, it's, you have a lot of, so it's one of those that it's a shorter life, but it's a more stressful life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's really difficult. <sighs> I'm stuck. I I probably would have to pick the invulnerability, but it's almost I don't want to pick either, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of outliving people that I love. You right. know, like I don't. But in your lover's defense, they weren't born yet when you were invulnerable, so there's maybe a chance you never would have met them. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but yeah, I pick invulnerability too. <laughs> All right, so last one. Uh, would you rather be a Mandalorian or a Jedi? So would you rather be, like, very technical and have, like, a lot of weapons at your disposal? Or would you like to have be a Jedi? You only technically have one weapon at your disposal, but a lot of mind powers at your disposal. Yes, I'm playing so, mind games with you. <laughs> I could very easily give the most Nate answer to this, and it would fit so perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'd have to pick a Jedi. Yeah, you think? Yeah. So why? Yeah. Why? Why? So why? Although it seems <laughs> intriguing to be a Mandalorian and go through the training of that and become this elite warrior known throughout the galaxy, but. I've always wanted force powers ever since I watched star Wars. I've always wanted to be, and there's something that's kind of peaceful and Zen about being a Jedi. Cause a Jedi by definition is a protector. In what movie has it ever been Zen (laughs) to be a Jedi? I'm just saying. Out of the Skywalker saga. No, it just is Jedi in general. What I was going to say, that's the most Nate answer is be a great Jedi. Right, right, right. Cause they're exactly in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd have to say Jedi, and that's just because personally, I've always wanted to have Force powers, and I think it would be a really cool, like I think it'd be really healthy way to live, yeah. like with a je- with you know, meditation and being one with everything. Yeah. So I mean, not to be contrary, and that's not the reason I'm choosing it. It's actually like uh, I honestly I think before. Disney Plus's The Mandalorian, I would have chosen Jedi without even a second thought. But honestly, after The Mandalorian, the series, like that kind of, I think that kind of shifted me like, okay, it would be kind of cool to be a Mandalorian. You know, being... This is the way. Yeah, it is the way. Um, But yeah, I think it's just, I don't know, like having these like, globe trotting or you know planet trotting adventures or whatever and not really being beholden to anybody's 
code or creed other than obviously like this is the way and everything. But I feel like out of all of them to be a part of that would be the best because in order to be a Jedi, you have, you have like so many freaking rules. Like you can't, you can't fall in love. You can't like, there's so many things. Essentially you're a monk with a lightsaber. And I don't know if I could live the monk lifestyle, you know what I mean? Versus being a Mandalorian. I mean, obviously I never be able to take my helmet off or something, but see, then that just means I blindfold her. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Why didn't he think of that? That one girl was raring to go in that village. He could have just been like, you know what, blindfold and boom, 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 boom. Who's your daddy? You are Mando. Mando. So Mando. yeah, I mean that's why I think I would honestly like, it, it, kind of shoehorning it in, would want to be a gray Jedi. Yeah. Because I like their roles in the universe. I mean, in my defense, I didn't say you had to be a good Jedi. So saying gray Jedi isn't necessarily a bad answer. Gray Jedis I like a lot because the only thing that they care about is protecting the Force. And whether, so basically it's like, I'm not beholden to any one ideology. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's not not a horrible answer because, I mean, you are just essentially like, I don't. I mean, like, wouldn't you wouldn't you say like if we're going D and D, right? Wouldn't you say a gray Jedi is essentially just a neutral character? It is, yeah. So, and they're neutral, neutral, right? Like they won't do some, like they can't do anything bad because it's like, well, I'm not a bad person. But at the same time, they won't go out of their way to do something good because it's like, oh, for the greater good. Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, that's not necessarily the case with the gray Jedi. They basically it's like someone actually put a, it was like a chart right, that right, had right. all three of them and compared them. But gray Jedi, they, they are still good, but so it's you would say they're that, neutral. Good. They're neutral. Good, okay. Yes. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. I would like to see a chaotic neutral Jedi. That'd be kind of cool. So like an anti-hero Jedi. So I'm going to tell you, it's it's a very, 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 very minor minor spoiler for Rebels. Okay. Um, but Ahsoka's the first time we see that. Sweet. They never announce it, but she, after the whole thing with the Jedi Order, she becomes a quote-unquote gray Jedi. They just don't call it that. So it's very much like a sentinel kind of like, I'm here to... Right, but I just, good what I, I just said was she would be considered neutral good, correct? Correct, So I yes. want to see a chaotic neutral. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that might be Darth Maul. Hmm. I guess I haven't. I haven't a... seen enough of the series to determine that. What about that Cade yeah. guy? Wouldn't you? Would you say he's Kanan? Kanan? He connect with Kanan? Yeah. Wouldn't you say Kanan from Rebels? Yeah. Would you say he's like an anti-hero sort of? Because he's no, he's 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 good. Okay. Okay. He's he's still Jedi. Okay. Then yeah. But yeah, I, I think Mandalorian. I uh, yeah, I think it would. I think it would just be cool. Just be be able to go wherever I want. You know. Doing bounties or whatever, um, I think I would be more like Mando from the series where, like, I would bring them in alive. So it's not like I'm a bounty hunter in the sense of, like, you know, I'm killing people, but in the sense of, you know, I'm, I'm doing a job. You know, I'm taking people in that have done something bad or who have, you know, because I think I would be the Mandalorian that only takes on the just you know, causes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the Baby Yoda one where essentially I did it for the for the clout and then decided to go back on it like a freaking pussy. <laughs> well, 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 I'm just well. saying like he took the freaking money, but then took the baby Yoda back instead of just not giving baby Yoda to them in the first place. 
that's the part that was just like, why did you do it? We know you're not, or we know you're going to go back. Like, I don't know. Anyways, let's not go there. Let's not go there. So you're Jedi. I'm a Mando. What do you guys think you would be? So Groundhog Day or Edge of Tomorrow? Wolverine's Invulnerability or Telekinesis? Mandalorian or Jedi? You guys let us know. And obviously, let us know if you have any good nerd would-you-rathers that you would like us to include in the next episode. So that's going to be pretty much it for this episode of Nerd Radio. I was your host, Nick. And I was your host, Nate. Thank you for tuning in to Nerd Radio, where you can always talk nerdy to me.